What's up, family? What's up, family? This is your boy, J.A., and it was just another, another, another Creative Conversations with J.A. I'm glad you're with us today. This is our 13th show. Can you believe it? Show number 13. And this this month, we're talking to the preacher's kids. That's for some reason, I, God put it in my spirit to talk to preacher's kids this month. And so this is our topic this month. So I'm bringing some of my favorite preacher's kids on so we could talk about their experiences, talk about what's going on in their world. But before you do that, I want you to follow us on our social media. Follow us on Instagram at Creative Conversations with J.A. Follow us on Facebook, Creative Conversations with J.A. And we also got a YouTube page. So just follow us. We're excited, excited. We're, we're on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music. So we're just, you know, excited about how it is expanding. I almost said God is expanding my territory. That's real churchy saints. But, <laughs> but we're just excited about uh, the show. I think everybody who has been watching the show, everybody who has been sharing, and I'm excited for our guests uh, today. I got Kristen Thorpe in the studio. She's ready. She's aimed. This is going to be, I've been excited about this show all week. I don't know why. I've just been excited about this show all week. I just want to extend a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I know Mother's Day is tomorrow, but I extend a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Um, you know, I lost my mother about five years ago, but I still just want to celebrate those mothers who have who've been holding them down and doing it and i just want to pray for those and extend my love to those who have lost the mothers you know lost their mother and so without further ado i'm not going to prolong it i'm going to bring my guest in and we just going to have a creative conversation there she is kristen thorpe well good morning welcome to creative conversations with ja i'm excited that you you know, you took time out your busy schedule to talk to me. I'm excited. So for everybody, I don't know where they've been, but for everybody. Um, hey everyone. My name is Kristen. I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am a preacher's kid. Um, the bishop's granddaughter, Ozzy's mom. Um, but at my core, I, I think I'm a servant leader. Um my work is around um, African-Americans, social justice, faith, philanthropy, 
connecting finances to address our community's needs. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I'm I'm like the, the hood chaplain. Um, I am I a total new new. Um, grew up in the suburbs, but um, you know, you can catch me anywhere. Um, we, we bless God for that. Um, but yeah, so I'm currently a student at the Simon DeWitt Proctor School of Theology. Um, receiving in the MDiv program, but I will be beginning um, a doctoral program at um, United Theological in Dayton. So, um, yeah, so it's like I'm a little bit all over the place um, in the work that I do. But like I said, all my my work is focused on community building um, and really empowering people to um, live their faith. Church for Monday, right? Monday through Saturday. Like what does that really look like and really making sure people have the tools and I just try and live my life like that in every aspect and yeah so that's me wow wow so the topic this month is preacher's kid gift or curse and so that's my first question is it a gift or curse can it be both I just want to know I think it's a gift um and granted, every gift, every gift has a cost. Everything, there's something with it. But I think at the end of the day, um, I look back and I think it was worth it. Um, it was just being a part of the first family. And I don't like that word, but just for lack of better words. Right, right. Um, I mean, I'd rather be there than not. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd rather not. I'd rather get fed first. You know, if I could be completely honest. <laughs> but um, in the same token, you know, some of it's funny, somebody, somebody, I was at a work event and I was like, oh, can I go out with you guys? Where are you going? She's like, oh, well, you could like, I'll send you the address. And I'm like, oh, you don't want me to come. Okay. <laughs> and I caught it. And then, so I, I told you I work in faith and finances. So there's a pastor on my team. He's like, are you okay? I felt so bad for you. Cause it's like, you wanted to hang out. And I'm like, child, I'm a PK. Like, you can't hurt my feelings. Like, the stuff mm-hmm. I've been through, hearing people talk about you and still having to serve, hearing people talk about your family and you know what they sacrificed, all of those things just made me stronger. It made me it made me more resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really helped me to, like, get over myself. And then I think it also showed me, like, girl, you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like I have I have a heart for the people of God in ministry. And I feel like that was something. I mean, you could see it as a curse. It was a curse up until I stopped fighting it. Mm. And then when I leaned into it, then it was like, oh, here's the blessing. So it's all about perspective. And um, but yeah, I think it made me better. I mean, even now, people are like, oh, you're just so comfortable talking. And, you know, you're talking in front of hundreds of people. And then I said, I'm a church kid. I've been doing the announcements right. since I was five. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, back right. in the day, in SI, we had hundreds of people on a Sunday morning. Right. Right. And I'm like, well, let's do the welcome. Now, you know, you right. Sunday, so it's like, I was trained to do this. Like, you know, it kind of becomes like a family business. Wow. Um, and while it shouldn't be, but it's mm-hmm. like, the business aspect of it, but it's like some of the, um, I feel like some of the tools I took from it um, were more advantageous than um, some of the hurt I experienced by it. Wow. 
Wow, you just started this thing off. So you said you, you, you're you used to being talked about. You're used to being kind of ridiculed. When, when was the first time you noticed, wow, like I'm a preacher's kid. <laughs> like, wow, this is different. I'm di- like my, I'm different from everyone else. Like my, I'm kind of different than everyone else. Um, so for if you don't know, like I said, my my grandfathers are both were both bishops in the Church of God in Christ. So I'm not new to this. Like, right. Right. and my parents weren't new to that. So it really wasn't a personal recollect like recognition of oh I'm different. It was like I was brought up like almost on guard. And I won't even say mm-hmm. that that's probably the most positive thing, but it's like. You know, they're going to talk about you, you know, watch what you say around here. Be careful here. I'm, I think, six of 18. So six to 18 grandkids, six, um, my grandmother and grandfather, my paternal grandparents, they had six kids. So it's like they done done this 12 times by the time it got to me. (laughs) So I didn't really have to come to my own my own understanding of it, I was kind of told and warned, forewarned Mm. about, you know, just some of those challenges. And I don't think that it's probably the most positive things because some of them, sometimes people were projecting their own hurt onto me and causing me to be fearful or to be standoffish or something like that because somebody hurt them. Somebody hurt you 20 years ago. That doesn't mean that that's going to be my experience now. So, um, yeah, I won't say I came to my own understanding, but it was really mm-hmm. introduced to me. Wow. So I really forgot that both set of your grandfathers were not, they were just not pastors. They're the bishops. Like, yeah. like that is, is, it's hard enough to be a preacher's kid. Your, your, um, your mom or dad, or just, hey, they're just ministers on a board or they're just ministers in the church. But you had to deal with your grandparents, the great legacy that they had. <laughs> and they, yeah. they they running, you know, jurisdictions and stuff like that. And then you got your, you know, your your parents, you know, you know, I love your mom and I call her Jesus uh hand servant. <laughs> Jesus midwife. Mary's midwife, midwife right? Midwife. <laughs> your dad, you know, is the elder, so like I want to say that's not even like, that's like a whammy whammy. <laughs> like, that's like, wow. Yeah. That, that's like, wow. Like, so how do you deal with that? Like, if most preacher's kids could say, okay, I got, I got this, you know, preacher's kids life here, so I could go over to the, the next set of grandparents. Right. <laughs> no, you couldn't do that. You, no. You, they on both sides. <laughs> so how, how was that? Like, I can't even imagine that. Um, it wasn't bad, honestly, because I feel like I feel like I'm fortunate being kind of second generation PK. Both of my great, both of my parents grew up with their parents pastoring major churches in the in their respective cities. Right. So they understood some of the challenges and some of the shortfalls of their parents and what they wanted from them as pastor's kids or a preacher's kids. So I feel like my parents were very intentional about making sure we lived balanced lives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we were really big in sports. You know, I was really big into like having my own life. I didn't have to do 
church all the time, but I had to do some church. And I feel like it created a wonderful foundation. Like, I mean, I know in my Noah, you know what I mean? Like I got this thing down in my belly because there wasn't no on and off. So mm. like, this is really who I am. Um, and granted, as I've gotten older, I had to like learn to eat the meats with the bones, right? So mm. it's like, okay, some of these parts of like, of my culture, cause I grew up in like a church culture, like, Right. It wasn't just like people get together for Christmas or Easter. We get together for church anniversaries. Right. We get together for um convocations. Like that's that's our family time. You know what I mean? So it's very, very different. Um, so I did have to kind of like learn like what do normal non-church people do? <laughs> um, like even like playing space. And I remember getting to college and being like, oh my gosh, like these are all the songs. These are the real words. Like I don't, I've been listening to Donald Lawrence my whole life until I was 16 and got my own car and could drive. And then I was like, wow, serious XM. Listen to this. Um, and I, you know, I only listened to Wemo Sunday morning. Right. 1030. And then it was over. Um, that gospel. But I will say like my parents were really, really balanced. Um, and my parents were really balanced. My family was really, really about family. So mm -hmm. I don't feel like we were so caught up in church that we were like put off to the side. Mm -hmm. And I think if anything, if anything, we were closer because it was like they were protective of us. Mm -hmm. They didn't want us to experience some of the church hurt. So it was really like Thorpe Nation. It mm -hmm. was really like, you know, all of that because it was you know, just some of that fear of not being able to trust people who you know have hurt your parents or your grandparents or, you know, your aunts and uncles. Um, but yeah, I'm rambling now. But overall, <laughs> I feel like I'm very grateful for it. I feel like it gave me a foundation. And as someone who's super analytical, um, had I not had that upbringing and had I not had that like seed sown and nurtured in me, I don't know if I would be a believer. Because the story of Christ, it's a hard sell. You right. know, like when you think about it, like you rose from the dead, you got up. Eh, that's hard. And that yeah. requires faith. But if I right. didn't have all of this Jesus being brought into me and all these people praying over me and that culture steeped into me into kind of like a part of like my my fabric and who I am and how I think, then um I would I probably wouldn't be saved. So, you know, I think. I needed that. God said, you need all of this, Jesus, both sides, bring right. together. Because you're going to need all of it to really believe. Right. So we always hear the quote that, you know, we always hear the quote they talk about, well, he, he's the God of you. He's, you know, he, you know, what he did for your grandparents or what he did for you, you know, there's a difference. There's a relationship. So I want to say, when did you first discover your personal relationship with God? outside of hey i'm a pk uh what like when was that first experience um one i will say i kind of don't believe that because i mean even in the bible we see lineage and we lineage, see things that right. pass down we understand that i mean abraham father abraham right like it was supposed to be lineage <laughs> right you know jesus comes from the davidic line and even me i ran I ran, 
you know, I did not want to do church. I did not want to do God. Like, and he chased me down. And I really believe that that's the part. Like, girl, you don't have an option. (laughs) Some are chosen. You're chosen. I don't care. Um, I really believe that. So, um, and I think my lineage plays a big part in feeling that the weight of that mantle or that responsibility. But um, to your question, which was, when did I come into my own personal relationship? It was when I had my son or when I got pregnant because I went away to school. A lot of people don't know me. (laughs) They think like, they thought I was like, you know, like the good girl. And it's like, oh, Kristen came up pregnant. Like, you know, uh, (laughs) I didn't think she was the wild one. I mean, I thought some people were going to be pregnant, not her. Um, Um, (laughs) It was me. But um, just hearing some of the responses and from Christians, from family that mm-hmm. made me feel like this isn't this isn't the love of God. This isn't giving God. Um, feeling isolated in that moment um, really made me go back to God because I wasn't going to church and I remember crying and thinking like and scriptures coming to me. I remember mm-hmm. hymns coming to me and it's like, wow, I haven't heard this song since a Friday night service at 1200 California Avenue. 1200 has been burnt down for many years. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that thing that, what I said earlier, that thing that was really nurtured into me, like that came up when I couldn't go and feel safe at church. Because I was going to coaching churches here too. And it was like, I didn't want to be pregnant nowhere. I didn't want to have to explain myself. I wasn't, I was embarrassed. I wasn't comfortable. And then I was also dealing with the judgment of other people. So it was like, okay, God, you're with me. He reminded me, I remember walking through campus and thinking like, I should be losing my mind right now. Like all of the situations that are everything that's happening right now, I should be losing my mind. And I really was like, oh, he'll keep, this is what he meant when he said he'll keep your mind in perfect peace. This is what he meant. And it was like an aha moment. Like, Hmm. no, I really got you. And I really have you regardless of what's happening at your church, regardless of who's saying what, um, I have you. I've called you. And I think in that moment where it was like me and God and where it wasn't any church theatrics, any protocol, and I had to go beyond church and say, okay, God, me, even me, Lord, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I had to get the relationship because, excuse me, I didn't feel like the church was praying for me. Mm -hmm. So I had to pray for myself. I didn't feel, and I don't even know if the church wasn't praying for me or if I was I mean, I've had church people say negative things, but it was also my own idea and understanding of God mm-hmm. and religion that I felt like I couldn't come to church also um, and have a little bit of embarrassment there. So, like, that was that was definitely, like, my God moment where it was, like, where I realized, like, you really have me. It doesn't have to be Kristen Thorpe or, you know, you're Jordan, you're so-and-so's daughter. It was like, no, like you love me. You care about me as flawed and raggedy as I am. You was there raggedy and flawed with me mm-hmm. and loving me. And I think being away, going away to school and seeing how God just, he never left me. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't seeking him and yet he sought me like all the time. I would be out, James, I would be out. Drunk, out having fun, be weep in tears, speaking in tongues somewhere in the corner because it was like 
girl, you're not supposed to be out here. Like the Holy Spirit would be like, and I'm like, God, I am like to the party. I'm here having fun. Wow. No, but you had to pray. Now you have to bar praying with people. Like, right. exactly. be cool. And I would be like, Holy Spirit, calm down. That's what I'm here to twerk. Right. Like, what is happening? But I feel like just in all of those experiences, like having my son, being away from school, being away from church as I knew it, and knowing that he still chased me down and mm. still loved me, um, that was it for me. And I think because I kept running too. And he was like chasing me. <laughs> vibes. You know what I mean? Like I was even taking jobs. I remember when I got back to Pittsburgh and I was like, oh, you know, I'm done with church. I don't really do church. And I was talking to Dr. Wallace at Bible Center Church. Shout out to um, Homewood. But um, I was like, I don't really do church. He's like, why? Da, 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 da. And he's like, well, you know, like, this is a church. <laughs> You're working for Bible Center Church. I said, I thought I was working for a Christian nonprofit, like faith-based. No, the mothers were downstairs carrying <laughs> for Tuesday night prayer. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, I'm just doing nonprofit work. God was like, no, you're not. So that's my story. So when you were pregnant, who surprised you with their compassion? Or were you not surprised? Like, because you, you, you said that you kind of felt like people were talking about you, or you just felt like maybe it was something that you feeling like, like. So who, like, really surprised you? Well, I want to say like the olive branch of, hey girl, it's all right. That's yourself off. Say, get back up. <laughs> I would say my church family, mm. my church family, like Northside Institutional, those people, and I would say even all throughout school, they just loved me. They loved on me. They were so forgiving. They were so like, I'm proud of you. And I'm going to tear up because I love my church so much. They really, like, held me down. But I remember having, I was getting my hair braided before um, having Ozzy. Miss Verna was braiding my hair, Miss Verna Holloway. Um, and she was just telling me about her story and her experience as a mom. And I remember talking to Miss Linda, and she was talking about her, these are my babies, and just all of these different women wow. who... Wasn't like they weren't doing nothing deep. They weren't ministering, but they were sharing with me and just being vulnerable with me about their challenges, about their wins. And it made me feel like I could breathe because my parents were married. My grandparents were married. Like I'm the one who kind of went off the off the path. Um, But it was those people who went off the path with me. And, you know, got back on track and had been somewhere and been through some things. And they took the time to speak into me and encourage me. And then it was like, These are, I got this. You know, like right, they made right. me feel like bossed up because it's like, okay, if they could do it, I can do it. Like, and yeah, like God used them to really empower me for sure. Like, and even people like, oh, I want to be, I want to be his God. Mom. Just like my church was. Team Ozzy and Kristen. <laughs> they were Team Ozzy and Kristen. They never made me feel bad. And I think that's another thing. Like I said, it could have been in, in my mind. Not right. it wasn't in my mind because there were people, but it wasn't <laughs> the people you would expect. <laughs> right. um, 
it's not the people like you think it would be your church family or you think it would be it's it, it was yeah no it wasn't wow. <laughs> my church held me down my church made me feel loved my church mm. made me proud to go to church with my baby and I felt a sense of community. Ozzy could run around the church and it was just like, okay, everybody, I knew he was taken care of. Mm -hmm. um, and that really meant a lot to me. Wow. So I love your story because we hear so many horror stories about PKs and, you know, not that there aren't any, but how you use those, even those bad experiences to turn into a positive, like you learned from them. And then the fact that we always hear about churches rejecting people who then send and and you're talking about here's my church family covering me here's my church family like listen girl let me tell you my story and so we don't hear too many stories um about the redemption of a person we hear so many stories about that person that's the pastor's daughter or that's the grand you know that's the granddaughter of the bishop and but we don't hear your story and I love your story. And I think that's because we get so caught up on like the system or the church or like, this is what we do. So yeah, everyone agrees. Okay. As a church, we don't believe in this, but then when you really get to people one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, no, we don't believe in this, but I'm gonna love you through it. And that's the difference. It's like mm -hmm. when you really get out of religion, when you really get out of just doing practices and traditions, it's like, wow. I didn't have sex. It happened. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The sin is over. Right. So now, like, how do we move forward? And how do I love you past this? Um, and then how do I make sure your child is safe? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because if right. I can't love you as the mom, and you're the one who's supposed to make sure your child comes to Christ, and if I, if I isolate you, then your child will never come to Christ. And I think that's what happened. It was like this idea, like, this is bad. We should all be shunning it. We should, mm -hmm. you know, we're all agree publicly that this is wrong. But when we get to the one on one nitty gritty, it was it was the number of single moms who has. I mean, even Miss Pam from Ohio telling me about her journey. All of these women who I thought like had it all together or, mm -hmm. you know, they were just living their best life doing. No, but they were me one time. Wow. They were me and they got out of it. And. It was, I won't say, like, yeah, the church still had their, like, you know, my son's not christened. He wasn't able to walk up front and be, like, there were still these institutional rules. But I will say the God in these one-on-one, -on -one, the church being the person, mm. the church being the person was at work. Mm. And that, when I think about that, I think about, <laughs> Pastor Pew would say, the ministry of one. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> and that's what it was. If you could just get that one person, just have that one conversation. Like you said earlier, the story of Christ is a little like, what? For real? That really happened? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough sale. <laughs> right. It is a tough sale. But if you just show that love, and I think it's so glorified that the church is this and the church is that. But when we hear stories like yours, redemption stories like yours, we, we understand that, wait, maybe I'm at the wrong church. <laughs> yeah, because this, this is what the church can be. This is the work right. the church can do. Um, they can be loving. They can be kind. They can be forgiving. Um, and I think, like, how would you want somebody to treat your daughter? Mm. And if your church policies 
aligned to that, then that's that's right. You know what I'm saying? If you wouldn't want someone to treat your daughter based off of the Bible, then you shouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? Like right. if, you, if you had these religious reasons that cause you to, to isolate someone or, you know, that's not okay because you wouldn't want that done to your child. And I think we have to be mindful of not being like the Pharisees and Sadducees and being so caught up in the law that we're not really understanding the impact. Like we're missing out on opportunities to serve people because you shouldn't be working on a Sunday. Okay, but I needed healed. I was sick on a Sunday. So I need, yeah, I need healed on a Sunday. So, you know, just getting past the law and really getting into the spirit of the law that um, I think that really would free people um, to to be served and to, to serve and be served. And how has it, your situation, has it enabled you to, I want to say, minister to young girls in your situation? How has it enabled you to help them? Um, it, I mean, for sure. So I started the Ozzy and Me Scholarship Foundation um, after graduating and kind of going through my story. And it just came to me like, this isn't about me. Mm. Being a single mom was never about me. It was really about God getting the glory. And he said, I needed a vessel. I needed someone yeah. to go and minister to these people, to these single moms and let them know like God loves you. God is still, God is for you and your child just as much as God is for that married couple. Like I had to go through that pain so I could have the language to speak to that pain. I had to go through it to understand like it wasn't my testimony. Like we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the, and the words of our testimony, right? So I, my testimony is what got me through it. And then when I told my testimony to other people, it was like, oh, you know, I wanted to get you out of school and I read your story. And now it's like, oh, I could do this. Or I aborted my baby. But had I known what, mm. I, what I, if I would have seen this, then if I would have seen someone do it, then, you know, maybe I would have kept going, you know, so it's always, it's not about me. And I just think that's, what this whole thing was it has not been it is not it has not been easy being a single parent is not the goal but um his grace is sufficient and i mm. think that's what my life is evident of and i hope it, it's always showing that it's always exhibiting that and i try and be very vocal that's why i'm so loud like yes i'm a baby mama <laughs> but grace be unto god who causes me to triumph okay because i'm out here winning I am winning and it's because it's because of God. It was it's because even as a baby mama, I was like, okay, this is who I am, but you've called me to this, so now what? So help me raise this child, Lord. Mm. And then if I can say this is how God is helping me do it, this is the same thing that He can do for you. Woo. My story is no different than Moses. Like, you know, we can use Moses' story and we can use these are just stories they highlighted in the Bible, but I got a Bible story, baby. You know what I'm saying? So I tell my story. I'm like, let this be a testament to the goodness of God. Um, and that's so yeah, I guess that's how in the long, long, the long, short of that's it. all right. So, what made you start, start the scholarship, Ozzy and me? Tell, tell us about that. So, the Ozzy and me scholarship foundation was started in I think 2017, the fall of 2017. Um, it was opened. For, to support single moms 17 to 25 in pursuing an undergraduate or graduate degree program. Um, I graduated from grad school 
excuse me, in the spring of 2017, and I like told my story, like, you know, I had my son's dad who wasn't around. Um, I went into school four months after having my son. I was pregnant my senior year, um, waddled across the straight stage, hoping my water didn't break. I mean, I was due on graduation day. It was very dramatic. Um, but just sharing that story and I got so many responses. Like I got people sharing, I got people messaging me like, oh my, what I just said, like all of those responses came from me just sharing my testimony, right? And because the Bible is real and it says, I meant it when I said you would overcome like a testimony. So, and like, so I got so many responses and I've always wanted to be a philanthropist. Like that has been like, you know, a desire of my heart. God just put that on me. I always thought I was going to have to marry rich and, you know, spend my husband's money. But, you know, that was my plan. God had a different plan. Um, so I connected, happened to connect with this lady who was working in Homewood, Shalise Henderson, and she had started um, an organization enabling people to start scholarships. So I was her, we met, we talked, I was her first scholarship that was founded um, under Turning Point CDC, and it was the Ozzy and Me Scholarship Foundation. Um, and it really was started, it's only $1,000 a year, but that $1,000 is not meant to just, it, it's an opportunity for us to share the story. It's an opportunity right. for us to sow a seed. And then it's like, I'm engaging with you all the time. So now it's like, hey, girl, let's go to lunch. Do you need a babysitter? Do you mm. need, what do you need? You know what I'm saying? Like, how can we really be, how can we really be a resource and a support for you? Um, and it's grown since then. So we've been able to support three mothers. Um, we have two college graduates. Um, mm. and, and with the pandemic, we pivoted a little bit um, and began funding virtual doulas so that women could um, have support, you know, when no one was able to be in the room with them during the height of the pandemic. So it's growing. Um, and the mission of it is really just to not see your kids as your excuse, but see them as your reason. Like, that's not the excuse wow. to quit, but they're the reason mm. that you keep going. And we really, and I really targeted 17 to 25 because you see so many people going back to school later in life. But by that point, your children have already struggled through so many of the effects of poverty. Right. You know, you, you've had unstable housing, you know, you so many different things. So my thing is if we could get you to finish school in those first five years of life and create a stable, have a stable income and create a stable environment for your children, the trajectory of your kids, it could be totally different. So um, that's the goal is to get these women early. Like, I don't want you, the women who sold into me came to Christ and figured it out a lot later. And I want to make sure that like, I can, I can help these girls before your child is 15. Like, you know, you don't have to go and struggle all of your life. Let's struggle for maybe three years, get wow. it go hard. And then let's go win. Wow. So I wanted to know, uh, when's your initial sermon? Um, <laughs> I don't preach. That's not my You're calling. Preaching. You're preaching. That's not my calling. <laughs> You're preaching in here. Oh, uh, 
So I just want to know because I feel like there's some engagements coming off of this uh, podcast. <laughs> no. So, no. I will host a, a workshop. I can do a workshop. <laughs> so you're just going to do everything to this point. Huh? That's bringing me to my next point. So, you know, you have prolific preachers in your family. Prolific. I mean prolific preachers of your family. So was there the pressure, like you said right now, I don't preach. Is there the pressure to say, I, I got to be a preacher? <laughs> or no, you just like, I'm just not. That's not what I do. <laughs> there was no pressure. There was never any pressure to go into ministry. There was never any of that from my family, from anyone in the world. It was God with his foot on my neck. Like, God was like, you're going to go into ministry but I've always felt that it wouldn't be preaching. You said that. Remember I... the word prophet? Prophet? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't believe that it's going to be preaching. I feel like I'm called to a different, yeah, a whole different kind of person, a whole different generation. Like, I don't want I don't want to talk to the people who are at church because mm -hmm. if you're at church, you know, you're already interested. Like I'm trying to buy yeah. you a drink and talk about the Lord. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's my truth because it's like I don't want to keep shining light on light. I'm trying to shine light in the darkness. Wow. That's so. good. Thanks. Yeah, the Lord had did release me, gave me a word for her. And it's crazy because of was it a year ago or so? Kristen called me and I didn't know who it was, Saints. And so, you know, I was being nice. I was like, hey, hey, how you? How you? And no, and Kristen, in Kristen's fashion, she said, James, this is <laughs> Kristen. Because she knew I didn't know who she was. But I had did release a word because her family, she talked about the family business. The family business, in a sense, preaching. But I knew that there was another generation, oh Lord, here I go, generation of Thorpes that wasn't going to preach, but they were going to do ministry. And I won't say the family business is preaching. I'll push back. I'll say the family business is, is ministry. Ministry. And you've seen it executed through preaching. Through preaching. The what? public has. But then you think, like I think about my father, my dad was essentially like the executive pastor for our church you know managing the business side of things business side managing that side then you have my lisa and her i mean she's a preacher but she's also a super super um dope nonprofit expert so her ministry extended beyond the pulpit but it's like now what do we do the work of being the hands and feet of christ um mm -hmm. so everybody in my family in some capacity was working in ministry but it was just up front it looked right. like pastoring or preaching and then now you're seeing this generation where we're all spread out over the world but we're still like sharing the gospel in some aspect wow and that's why i talked about talked about that last sunday um everybody don't gotta preach to win people <laughs> no. you could do other things you could be a kingdom field i said kingdom field politician kingdom field business person your business don't got to be jesus's all llc <laughs> and 
And I think that's that's so important that you understood that because there's some there's some preachers kids they feel like they got to be the preacher. They got or they got to run. They got. Oh. It's either I gotta be the re- the preacher or I gotta be totally now I'm a rapper. Right. Like now I'm a trap star. It's like really you didn't have to go all the way there. <laughs> Not the gospel rapper either. No, trap star. Yeah, trap murder, sell <laughs> drugs, that kind of rap. You went all the way there. <laughs> they okay. just go to one one extreme. Yeah. So did you have a rebellious period? Yeah, my son. You don't hear him downstairs. <laughs> I mean, I think I was always, I was always, I was always doing me, but I was always at church on Sunday morning. So I felt like, what is it in, in, um, in basketball where you keep, if you keep your foot planted, you can move that other foot anywhere and it won't be considered traveling. But it's like, that was me. I kept one foot in. Right, one foot in. And I did everything else I could do with that other foot to, <laughs> to be in and everywhere. But I made sure I kept my grounding. That's one thing my dad told me was like, do what you want, but you need to stay grounded. You need to and I and I'm grateful. My parents like let us try things, let us explore, and you know, like they didn't shut us down. Like my brother's a whole Jew right now. Um <laughs> But he says messianic just in case. Like just keep we gonna keep Jesus just in case. Um but um you know they let us try and explore things, and my dad's also always been like, you have to stay grounded there. You have to stay grounded, you can't get too far off. Um, so I feel like even when in my wild phases, if you staying at my house, this house, as for me in my house, anybody on this couch, we're going to church. I mean, that was me in college. Like, and my friends now will scream, holiness, because I would be like smoking a blunt, like, holiness, it's still right now. We're not doing that. This is too far. Like, <laughs> that was always, it was like I was I was doing me, but everybody still knew, like, Kristen, she's a church kid. Kristen will pray. You need a prayer through? Hold on. Stop passing the joint. Stop passing the drinks. We need to get one through. You know what I mean? So that's always been, I've always teetered the line. Um, yeah. But that's so. all right. That's all right. See, this is, and then, you know, Kristen is one of my favorites because she just keep it real. She's going to keep it real no matter what. But she <laughs> always going to say, but it's about God. <laughs> and this is what we need in our young people and I feel old for saying that I tell people Kristen that I'm an honorary millennial but they don't believe me <laughs> tell them on yourself yeah well I got that got some enhancements right here but <laughs> but I just feel like if we had heard more stories like yours sometimes sometimes you know when young people are in church sometimes those some things go over their head but mm-hmm. when they hearing you, you saying, hey, I'm going to take you out for a drink, but I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's the best approach for everybody. Right. Everything, and you have to have discernment. And don't don't try this at home. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, just that's real, though. That's 
like we have this stigma of what we should be doing or what we shouldn't be doing. But you out here, and, and I love the fact that you said, I, I don't want to, you know, the church people, they got that. I want to go out where the, the church people aren't. And this whole PK thing done shifted, but that's okay. <laughs> because I just love your story and your testimony. And, and we hear so much that like, young people don't want God and the millennials have fallen away from church. And that could be true in a sense. But then we, ha- we hear your story and it's like, yo, there's hope. You're like, there is hope, you know? And I don't believe that millennials have fallen away from church. Um, like I said, I've always been churchy. People have always known that. Um, but like I look on my Facebook page and there's so many people I see like from college who are now so serious about their faith and are like sharing their life, like just being very out loud about it. Um, it's not going to look like your Sunday morning service. It's not going to look like your normal religious practices. It's going to look like people having small groups. It's going to look like mm-hmm. the church, the way. <laughs> Like, so before we had the church and it was just the way, um, and we were, I'm saying like old, old, the first church, and they were just gathering and they were coming together, living this new way of life. It wasn't about being religious. It wasn't about church as an institution. It was about living the way. And I think that's where millennials are coming into. They're going to small churches. They're or not small churches, but small groups. They're getting together for bible and yoga and like you know they're having bible studies they might not be in your church but i think we can't keep saying that they're not religious and they don't love god because they're not coming to your service they don't like your service they love the (laughs) lord they don't like you but the church doesn't want to talk about that (laughs) (laughs) why don't they like the service Kristen? what is it about it I just think some of them are outdated um, in the stuff. Then you have to also think about, like, Black people are, while we still are dealing with mounds of racism and inequality, but we're, we're a lot more progressive and progressive than we were 20, 30 years ago. So preaching the constant, like, poverty message, that's, that's a lot to hear. I don't want to hear it. It'll be all over in the morning or God's going to send a check. Like not when I've been saving my money and practicing good stewardship and I'm responsible. I don't need God. I don't need those kind of blessings. I need, you know, I need more. I want to learn how to live. I don't want to talk about the Jesus that'll keep saving me when Mm. it's like, what about just who he is? Like, let's just talk about who he is Um, because maybe I'm not going through that kind of struggle. Maybe I'm not, it's called like the bottom of the boat theology, right? So there's the top of the top of the boat, you know, coming over the middle passage, their view on God, right? It's just, oh, he's just wonderful. He's great. And then the bottom of the boat is God as the savior. God as like, you know, thank you for what you can do for me. What can I get from it? And I think black people not saying we're totally shifting, but there are a lot of black people who aren't in in a place of stress. So that's discouraging to to do well and get to church. And it's like, I know you had a hard week. And it's like, no, I didn't. 
I didn't have a hard week. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. I've been in my word all day. I've been seeking his presence. I have joy. So why are you coming to church and telling me how bad things are and how God is going to be my savior instead of telling me how good God is and how that makes my situation good because he's good and all things work together for my good. You know what I mean? So it's like some of those things aren't being taught. And then there's also just the practicality. Like you're only talking about sex before marriage or you're only talking about like these really random theological ideas, but you're not talking about how I should treat my neighbor. You're not talking about how I should manage my money. You're not talking about how I should be towards my kids. So like some of these practical aspects of life, the church isn't speaking on yet. Every other sector is speaking on spiritual matters. So health, they're going to talk about your spirituality and meditation and all of these things, your finances, you know, they're, that influences everything. But we don't talk about how the Bible talks about finances. We don't talk about what the Bible says about taking care of your body. We only want to talk about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus only. And it's like, but what did Jesus tell us to do? Mm. Like, how did he tell us to live? And I think that's what millennials are looking for. Like, I need some like solid word that is going to help me walk right and talk right. Not just something that'll get me through today. So that's my personal thought. Um, and that also aligns with the research that says <laughs> millennials just want practical, practical theology. Mm. So all of that to say. That. <laughs> right. So in your intro, you're going to, you're in divinity school. Mm-hmm. How how did that happen? I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I was right in my. I felt like a puppet. I was right in my um, essay to get in. I said, "What the heck am I doing? I cannot believe like going through all of the process." I was like, "What am I doing? How did this happen?" But it's been something I've really been wanting to do. Um, I love the Bible. I love learning about the Bible. I love learning about God, um, knowing him better. Cause it's like, the more, you know, him, the more, you know, it's like a cheat code. So it's like, the more I could understand the word, it excited me. But the idea of like leaning into going into ministry was like, whoa, not interested. Um, I just want to study theology. No. <laughs> and it was like, no, you need to deal with the fact that you're running. Um, so I don't know how I got there, but I ended up there. Um, and it's been a really dope ride. And it's so interesting because all of the people who are in my course, everybody was running. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be there. No one's like, yeah, I've always dreamed of being a preacher. It was like, no, I didn't really want to, but God called me here. And I kept, and then I said, oh, don't none of us want to be here. Okay. <laughs> but that's how it works. Wow. Don't, nobody in the class wanted to be there, but they did. Well, yeah, I would say no one started off with started this desire. Off, right. Like, you know how people go to school, it's like, oh, I've always wanted to be a doctor. Right. There was no one in course. No, no. It was like, he just kept calling me. He just kept chasing me. He kept pursuing me. And here I am. Wow. So. Yeah. Preacher's kid. Kristen yeah. is saying it's a gift. Now, Kristen, before we end the, the broadcast, I want you, in your own special way, to encourage a PK. It might be a PK that's 
you know, they might be preteen. <laughs> like, I want you to encourage that pre-K, the preteen that's on their phone doing in service. Those like that my parent keeps dragging me out here. You know, I don't even like Sister Sally Mae. She looking at my, my mom and dad wrong. <laughs> that person. I want you to encourage that preteen PK to tell them it's gonna be all right in your way. Sis. Oh, bro, <laughs> baby. Um it's all worth it. Everything you go through is is positioning you to be where you're going to be. Um, you need it all. You need the stones to be thrown at you because it's going to make you stronger. You need to have to go to church and wake up early because it's going to teach you discipline. You need to serve at church because it's going to teach you how to serve when you get into a real job. And you need to build that social capital with your coworkers. So you got to just volunteer to do stuff. You don't realize how where you're at right now is going to help you be where you want to be. You don't realize how much being in church, how much doing the extra work is going to help you be where you want to be. You don't realize how, even though you're on your phone, how that thing is getting in your spirit. Mm. How those songs are being in your spirit. You don't have to like it, but just keep getting it. Keep taking it in. Keep taking it in because it's going to matter one day. And um, and it's okay to be different. Mm. It's okay to not fit in when you don't feel when you don't feel confident about certain things your friends are doing. It's okay to walk away. That's the God in you. Trust the God in you early because the God in you will really have you protected. Promise, I promise you that. As a new new who loves going down to your local projects. Um, <laughs> God has kept me and covered me. And that's because I listen. And you have to listen and find you some other friends who love God. Mm. Find you some friends who love God and who will pray with you. And don't be afraid to be the friend to pray for your friends. Yeah. Um, it's okay. I will say, I started grad school and I mean, I started college and my friends weren't really saved or anything. Now we have 8 a.m. devotional. Um, you can be saved and God is going to use you and it's going to be dope. So it's okay. It's all worth it. Just just keep taking these gems, taking all the hardship and just keep it in your back pocket because you'll need it. Wow. <laughs> Everybody, this is Kristen Thorpe. She's in Divinity School. <laughs> book her for your young people. I do not. She ain't gonna preach. I'm not going to come. I do not. See what she's doing. She's not my ministry. I'm saying inspiration, Kristen. I'm not saying preach. People need to be inspired by you. Great job. Great. I'm just... I'm kind of overwhelmed right now. Oh, I'm just overwhelmed. When I went to institutional Lord, y'all was kids. So now look at y'all, all grounded in the world. Jesus. Yeah, all grounded in the world. In the world. Worldly. <laughs> Making, a <difference>. <laughs> Making a difference. Lord. Yes. Doing kingdom outside of the church. Lord. Being the church. 
being the church. Being the church. Not doing church. We're being not the church. Doing, not doing church. But being the church. Woo. That's a teacher. You can have that one. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm gonna post that right after this show. <laughs> Kristen, thank you so much. I know you, you, you're doing the 80 million things, but you took time to come on Creative Conversations. I, I appreciate you. I really, really do. And I wish you nothing but the best. Like I'm not going to talk to you forever, but <laughs> I wish you nothing but the best. And you have something. You have something that your generation needs. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this. I like. I had a good time. Have me back. This was fun. I, I am. You know, Kristen's so busy. I wanted to have her on the HBCU show, but she's just so busy doing, and not busy, busy like busy, important busy. You know, she's a mom. She's just you know. <laughs> in the church. I'm just being the church. She's just being the church. That's the point. <laughs> young, I, I hate to say young people because that make me sound old. But youth, you're looking like you are old. You <laughs> I ain't say that. Please. I'm a I'm I'm definitely you gonna hear you gonna hear this this interview. I'm gonna splice it up for you. I might take it to my I'm gonna take it to my church. For brothers, brothers and sisters keeper, we got the mentorship. Brothers, it's called brothers and sisters keeper. Don't tell them. Don't put in the part about going and having a drink. That's not. That was a private part. I'm gonna edit it up. I'm gonna edit it. Thank you for having a creative conversation. This is the month of the preacher's kid, and and Kristen kicked it off. Lord, and next week, who I got next week? My cousin is coming on. Letitia Richard. You might know her. You knew her as Letitia Everett. Okay, I don't know if Our I know. Bishops. My bishop's daughter is coming on. Lord, we don't know what's going to happen. Thank you guys for having a creative conversation. Bless you, uh, Kristen. Bless Ozzy in the back. Bless them. Bless them. Bless everybody. Love you to life. We're going to have you on. Thank Definitely going to have you on again. Be blessed. And thank you guys for joining us for a creative conversation.